You're listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. You can find notes for this message along with more information about our church by visiting church2911.com. Here's our lead pastor, Rick Hand, with this week's message. Just what we have word of prayer. Let me say something to you, if I can. You know, we are the church. Jeff just said it, made a big point about it. We are the church. Yet, you know, you know what we do often? Is we sit around and we act like all of our problems are somebody else's fault. Politicians have done it. Political, uh, you know, the, the, the PACs, and they've all done it. People with money have done it. People with power have done it. They've done all this to us. All of my problems are because of that. But you and I are the church. We're the body of Christ. We have His power residing within us. We have His anointing. We have the power of His Word. I I, I don't know if you've ever tried just the name of Jesus. Just when you get in a tough time just speaking His name. And the the power and and, uh, the presence that shows up and comes in even in that moment. Just in the name of Jesus. You know what? It's time for we realize exactly who we are. We are the church, and we have, we have the power to make a difference in this world, in our communities, in our homes, in our families. And instead of wringing our hands and saying, we don't know what to do, we know exactly what to do because we're the church. We're the body of Christ, blood-bought, full of His power, anointed and given the power of His name. So let's, let's pray. And we're going to talk about peace this morning. And um, I, want us, I want us to start this sermon this morning realizing we are the agents of peace. We're the agents of peace. So what happens when the agents of peace are not being the agents of peace? That's where the problems come in. So let's, let's listen again to what God wants to say to us and call us to the place that we need to be so that we can make a difference in this world. This is the year for more peace. Somebody say amen. Let's pray. Father, I love you and I thank you, God, for your blessings. Again, I thank you for what you are doing in our life and in our homes, God, in our communities. God, we sure need you today. Our, our world needs you today. And not, not just our communities and not just our country. Our world needs you today. And you've left it right here in us. You left it in us. And, and I pray, God, that you remind us that, show us that, stir us up, help us to step into those places that you call us to, to, to sow peace. In Jesus' name I pray. And again, everybody said, amen. amen. Okay. So tomorrow is a federal holiday, right? Anybody off tomorrow because it's a federal holiday? Good, good. Y'all, then y'all know what day it is? Okay, just wondered. I mean, you know, it's nice to have a day off, but you ought to really also know why you get the day off, right? But that's the whole purpose of it. So I thought today would be a good day. This sermon would be a good sermon to start with a quote from Martin Luther King Jr. And this is about peace. He says, we must all learn to live together as brothers, or we will all perish together as fools. Woo, that's pretty in your face, isn't it? But I think it's something we all need to hear. I think it's something our country needs to hear again. If we don't learn to live together as American brothers, we are going to perish as a nation, as a bunch of fools. 
I agree. That, that, that's a, I mean, some of us, I think we might need to make that our mantra for the rest of this year. Because I think we get caught up in the way the world does things. And we're the church. We've got a different way of doing things. We've got a different way of handling situations. We've got a different way of looking into turmoil and trying to figure out what needs to be done. Or, or at least we're supposed to have that. Aren't we? We're supposed to have that. Romans chapter 12. Let me take you to the scripture right here. Romans chapter 12, verse 18. Paul writes, now God is speaking through Paul, and Paul writes, do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Now, you know what? I've heard people quote this and, and, and change it just a little bit and misquote it just a little bit, twist it just a little bit to where they're actually using this as an excuse to not be around certain people. You know, that, you know the Bible says I'm supposed to do everything I can to be in peace, so the best thing I can do to be in peace with you is not be around you. You know, that kind of an attitude, you know. Let me say, this is not a license to write people off. That's not, that's not what the Scripture's saying, is it? This Scripture says, work at it with, with who? Everyone. That we should do everything possible to be at peace with everyone. That, that, that means, uh, and, and you know, this cuts both ways with, with everybody and all, all across the board, is that the cancel culture that we, that we have, that, that's not Christian. To just say, well, I can't get along with you, and so I'm writing, writing you off. That's not Christian. J.D. Greer, he, uh, he mentioned this. This is uh, in an article that he, he wrote, just a, I think, just a couple of weeks ago. And uh, this is a pretty long quote right here, but I want, I want you to read this with me. He, he addresses the cancel culture right here. He says, denying someone your presence is like the ultimate punishment. Isn't that God's final judgment after all? That's what hell is, the total absence of God's presence. And that's what you do when you give someone the silent treatment. You are saying to them, you are not worth a relationship with me. The gospel by contrast, okay, get this, the gospel by contrast, that's the way the world does it, but the gospel by contrast, okay? The gospel is almost always in contrast with the way the world does it. The gospel, by contrast, sends us into the world to love people as we have been loved. The way you've been loved by Christ, I mean, that's, that's how the gospel sends us into the world to love others that, that same way. The, the, the gospel sends us into the world to love people as we have been loved, to love people who will sometimes offend us. You know, anybody, anybody ever been offended besides me? I'll go ahead and raise my hand. Yeah, a bunch of times, you know. I've been offended this year already. It's what, what, uh, today's the 17th, something like that. You know, I've already been offended. It, we get offended, you know, but God didn't call us. God didn't call us to just the times that are easy. He called us because the times are hard. He called us because the times are difficult. And He, and he gave us this seemingly insurmountable task to be able to accomplish, to, to try to bring peace into to people's lives that are in total turmoil right now, people's families and homes that are in conflict right now. He gives that to me and you. And it, and it may seem like it's too big a task for me and you. And you know what? That's a good thing. Because when it feels like it's too much for you to do, then you, know how, you have no other option than to rely on Him to get it done. I mean, that's why He gives us such big, huge, monumental tasks, insurmountable 
unable to accomplish in and of ourselves so that we have to rely on Him to get it done. And in the middle of all this going on, let me tell you, I, I don't have the answers. Because the turmoil is not just in the world. But the turmoil, the conflict, is in the church. You know, I, I, I got a friend, of, and I won't tell you what country he was in. He was, he was in another country. He got into, got into a taxi with, uh, with, with you know, the driver, and the driver spoke English. And so he started asking him questions about his country and some things. And he said, well, I'll tell you, tell you something about, about my people. He said, if you get two of us in the same room, you'll have three opinions. And you know what? I think we're there too. That you get two of us in the same room, you're going to have three opinions. You get two of us in the same thread on social media, you're going to get many opinions. And it's creeping in to who we are. This, this is not who God called us to be. The last thing he says here about this cancel culture, is he says that means before we resort to ending relationships, we must walk the messy road of confrontation. Now, most of us don't like, con I know some of y'all like confrontation, right? Well, I won't ask you to raise your hands who those are because everybody, everybody's going <laughs> to stay away from you. But most of us don't like confrontation. But when we have a problem with someone else as a Christian, let me give you this, and I wasn't, I wasn't going to share this right here. I don't even have the, the scripture because I wasn't going to share this. Let me, let me go ahead and, and, and remind you of this. Is as a Christian, when we have a problem with someone else, we've got two options, Christ says, if we're going to be a Christian. We just get over it. Or we have to go talk to the person we have a problem with. Those are our options. We don't have any other options. So that's what he's talking about. The messy road of confrontation. That's not, that's not a good road sometimes. That's a bumpy road. That's a muddy road. That's a messy road when you've got to confront someone and say, i got a problem with something you did. But your only options, Christ said, if you have something against someone, you go to them and you be reconciled. If you've got problems. So we've only got two options. And for those of you that just absolutely hate confrontation, then I know what you do. you got to take that other option. That is just get over it. And you know, that's probably the best anyway. But if you can't get over it, you have to just go to them. And he directs us. And he doesn't direct us because he is. He directs us because, because Christ did. Okay, we'll go ahead and go there, and it'll speed me up a little bit. <laughs> Thanks, Kevin. All right, so here's what we need to remember. We don't know someone else's pain. Don't read ahead of me just yet, okay? Think about that a minute. You don't know somebody else's pain. Somebody that just hurt you. I mean, I've been offended a lot of times that I just looked and said, well, you know, they probably had a bad day. Man, if we could ever learn that and just, and just realize we don't know somebody else's pain. We didn't walk in their shoes this week or the last 10 years. And so all of this stuff that's coming out of them, this turmoil, is something that's been building maybe for a week or 10 years. We don't know that. We, we weren't faced with the same dozen hard decisions that they had to face this past week. I mean, people are having to make tough decisions right now. In the middle of coronavirus, in the middle of, uh, of companies having to lay people off, in the middle of a lot of things like that. People are having to make decisions. And so when, when we just start, start uh, getting all offended and, and, and we don't then continue to try and reach out to people because we think that they responded to us in the wrong way, we need to back up and remember, who knows what they dealt with last week? Who knows what decisions they had to make in this last week? You know, man, I found that I found that so many times. I remember when I was pastoring one church, and 
I had a guy come into to, to my office right before right before we went in to sing and for me to preach. Can, can I take? Can I ask you to do something for me? You got something to talk to me about? Don't do it right before I preach. If it's a negative, okay, don't do it right before I preach, okay, because. It just might slip into the sermon. You might not like it then, right? You know, uh, probably not. It's probably just going to impact me. And he, so he came to me with this thing. And here, here's, here, here's, here's what his thing was. Okay. Now he's the guy, I won't tell you what job, I, I, I can tell you what job it was, but then some of you be offended that it's your, it's the same job you've got maybe or something. But he, he worked his 40 hour a week job all week long. He shows up on Sunday morning. He happens to walk by the kids church and he, Sticks his head in the door, looks around, sees what they're preparing and all the things. Kids are starting to come in. And you know what? He sees something he doesn't think is right. And so he immediately comes to the pastor's office, comes in, and he says, this needs to change, I believe. And I said, you do. And I said, I said it's the wrong time to talk to the pastor right before the sermon when he's focused on totally something else. Because my response is this. You know, my response is, well, you know, you stuck your head in there for a few seconds. But that lady in there that runs our kids' church, she's been praying about this. She's been fasting about this. She's been preparing for this moment. She's been preparing for this day. She's been preparing for this. She's thought about these kids. She knows them by name and all this. And, and you're going to spend a few seconds in there and you're going to come tell me this is what we need to do in kids' church? That's not the way it works. And see, in the same way, we do the same thing with people around us. Is they've been living in stuff and they've been making decisions. And then we're like, well, they just made a stupid decision. Perhaps it was the best decision they had on the table. It might have been the only option they had at that moment. You know, they left their husband. Why? I don't, we don't know yet. But we don't, we don't, uh, we don't judge them because we don't know that. But we don't know what decisions they've been having to make. Or this last one just wraps it all up, right? We didn't get the report they got from their doctor. We didn't get the letter they got from their child's school. We didn't get the layoff notice they got at their job this week. Or we didn't get the midnight phone call they got last night. So we've got to back up and say, wait a minute, wait a minute. We've got to think that there's some backstory behind everyone's opinions and ideas and attitudes and, and their posts on social media. You know, I, I know a, a lot of people are backing away from social media these days, and I don't, I don't know that that's a bad thing. I mean, in some ways, I, I, I'd kind of like to say, hey, guys, let's just, all, let's just all do without social media and whatever, and let's just all talk to one another. But the problem is it's hard to reach a world that's dying and going to hell when you aren't in the middle of the marketplace. And so I'd love to say, let's forget social, but we can't. we got to be out there, but we have to be out there with what we've been given, the calling to be the peacemakers. I, I'm going to give you that scripture just a moment. I haven't got there yet, okay? But the calling to be the peacemakers and sow their seed. With the power of God, with the power of, of, of His name, with the anointing of the Holy Spirit within us, and we've got to go there. So we've heard what Martin Luther King had to say, Martin Luther King Jr., We've heard what J.D. Greer has had to say, and we've heard what God spoke through Paul, but what did Jesus have to say about peace? A lot. In one little passage of Scripture, let me take you there, okay? This is in Luke chapter 6, and this is I think this is four pages, four slides, okay? So we're going to read a lot here. But here's the thing. Is I, yeah, pick out, you're going to see, see some things, but what I want you to do is I really want you to just get this whole thing. That's the reason I want to read you this many verses of Scripture. I want you to get that Jesus is talking about just a way of thinking, 
a way of reacting and responding and relating to other people in your life. Okay, so let's get this. Luke chapter 6, beginning of verse 27. Jesus begins here. But to you who are willing to listen. <laughs> okay, he starts right there. I, why, why did he say that? You think about that. You know, that, that's almost offensive in itself, isn't it? <laughs> okay, listen, I'm going to preach. All of you who are willing to listen, the rest of you can go on to sleep, right? Or go on home. I don't know why you're here. I mean, that's, that sounds like what Jesus is saying, right? Okay, to those of you who are willing, but that's what he's saying. Are we willing to listen to the words of the one that we call our Savior? If we are, here's what he says. First thing, right? Right out of the bat. Boom! Slap in your face. Love your enemies. <laughs> I mean, the very first thing he says, right? Okay, so, so he, he's already set the tone, but let's get all of it. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Man, I, I, what I need to do is I need to read each one of these, and let's just ponder for a minute, right? But you know what? We can do that this week. You know, I kind of hope you do that. I hope you don't just listen to this sermon and it's gone, you know, in a few minutes after you walk out the door. I hope, you, I hope you'll go back and read these scriptures. They're right there in the sermon notes on the Connect page, church2911.com slash connect. You know, the sermon notes are right there. And read through these and just think about it. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Any, anybody ever been cursed? <laughs> I mean, like cussed out or cursed or whatever, you know? That thing. Yeah, bless those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. Don't, don't just turn around and hurt them back. If someone slaps you on one cheek, offer the other cheek also. If someone demands your coat, offer your shirt also. Wait, what, what's he saying here? Listen. Give to anyone who asks. Give to anyone who asks. And when things are taken away from you, don't try to get them back. Do to others as you would like them to do to you. Go on, Kevin, next slide. If you love only those who love you, why should you get credit for that? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good only to those who do good to you, why should you get credit? Even sinners do that much. And if you lend money only to those who can repay, who can repay you, why should you get credit? Even sinners will lend to other sinners for a full return. Go ahead. And even though sinners are living this sin, they'll even do this much good. That's what he's saying. Even if they're living in sin, they'll even do this much good. Love your enemies. Do good to them. Lend to them without expecting to be repaid. Then your reward from heaven will be, will be very great, and you will truly be acting as children of the Most High, for He is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. You must be compassionate just as your Father is compassionate. Okay, last slide in this right here. Do not judge others, and you will not be judged. We've heard that, right? You've heard that thing said a lot of times. This is the middle of the sermon where He says it, Okay. So it's like, get this whole thing and then understand, he says, okay, don't judge either or you'll be judged in the same way. Do not condemn others or it will all come back against you. Forgive others and you will be forgiven. Okay, forgive others and you will be forgiven. Then what if you don't forgive others? What, forgive others and you will be forgiven. So I, I'm encouraging you, your, your forgiveness is at stake. You know, your, your grace, your mercy, your love from Christ is at stake right here. This is not just something we get to pick and choose. Can I do it this way? Can I do it that way? Am I in charge of this? No. Forgive others and you will be forgiven. Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, press, in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. All right, so let's embrace what all he's saying right here. Because there's, there's, some, there's some really hard stuff to hear. 
There's some hard stuff to live by. There's some hard stuff to do right there. But I think of a couple of things. I think of a couple of things going on right here. And one of them is this. Backstories. All these people that have done all these things to you, every one of them has a backstory. They didn't just show up and in five seconds tick you off and mess up your day. There was a backstory before they got there. Those things we were talking about a few moments ago. But like, what about, you know, like, like getting the doctor's report or the layoff notice or those kinds of things. But, but what about these people also? Someone who stole from you and their kids are hungry. You say, still wrong. I agree, it's still wrong. But what would you do if that was your only option to feed your hungry child? I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying I understand there's some backstory that was there, right? You know, or, or people have been told lies on you and then they have an attitude towards you the next time you meet them or something, you wonder what in the world. You know what? You'd probably feel the same way about them if you heard the same lies about them that they were told about you. But there's backstories. We, we have to remember the backstories. Let me, tell you, let me tell you a story, a true story, actually true, true story in my life. Uh, um, Y'all know the, the, the good Coca-Cola bottles, you know, the big, thick glass ones, you know, not the cans. Not the, I did, when I was probably about sixth grade, you know, that's, that's all we would drink, you know, because I think the cans were around, but who wanted the cans, you know, when you have that stuff? I mean, we bought them in the case. We would have two or three cases sitting on our back porch all the time, you know, because that's, that's just what we drank. And I, and I mean the old recipe before they ever started messing with the recipe, okay, because they messed with it a bunch of times since then, all right? All right, so one day, uh, we lived about a block from, from our school, and so we would walk home, me and my brothers, you know, we'd walk home. I remember getting right inside the door, and somebody was on the porch. I, I guess they knocked, or maybe they yelled, because I was just right inside the door. And I went to the door, stepped out on the porch, and it was one of the guys from my class, and, and uh, he was not necessarily the coolest kid, but he was just somebody different that, you know, he was, he was cool, but he was just somebody different. And I was just, I was excited to see him on my porch, you know, hey, maybe this is a new friend or something, you know, and, and so he started asking me some questions about, um, about, about class. Some, I, I don't remember what it was, if it was homework or about an assignment like that, or, or if he misunderstood something in class, I, I don't know, but he started asking me about that. I was just like, wow, this is cool, you know, we've got a new friend here, that kind of a thing, and, and uh, just cool that he stopped by my house, and, and so then it wasn't a long conversation, and as soon as I went back in the house, I heard my dad calling me from the back room, and so I went to the back, and uh, while my buddy, my new friend, was distracting me on the front porch, his buddies were on the back porch stealing our Coca-Colas, <laughs> in the big, thick glass bottles. The original recipe. I mean, this was a big deal. It might not be to you, but it was a big deal to me, you know? And my dad, who normally wouldn't get home until a little after five, he got home early that day for some reason, and he drove up and interrupted them mid-heist, you know? And so they had, to, they had to put the cases down. I think there were two cases that they, were, they had picked up they were walking away with, you know? And uh, I wasn't back there, so I didn't hear what my dad said. But my dad made sure to let me know that he did this one thing. You know, it'd be really easy. Small town, been really easy to pick up the phone, call the policeman. Everybody knew everybody. Police probably knew who these kids were, right, where they lived and all that kind of thing. My dad definitely knew them. He did a lot of work uh, on the finances there at the city. So it'd been really easy for him to do that. But you know what he did? My dad hadn't been a Christian very, very long. But 
he realized he didn't know where these boys were going when they left there. They were going home to a house that maybe didn't have anything to eat or drink. He didn't know what their situation was. So just to be sure, he picked up a bottle and handed each one of them a Coke and told them, told them to have it and go on home. And, and I learned something that day. You know what I learned? I learned don't take people just at face value. Think about the backstory. You know, I, I know that Christ, I know that Christ has looked at me and in my backstory because I was born in sin. And he forgave me because of my backstory. <laughs> he didn't forgive me because I was right. He didn't forgive me because I never messed up. He forgave me because of my backstory. And we, as, as children of God, what J.D. Greer said is we need to show love like we've been shown love and understand that. Let me take you, let me take you to a scripture. This is, this is in closing. Let me take you to a scripture I posted uh, probably about 10 days ago. Just all, all the junk going on out there in the world, right? I mean, in our, in our culture right now, in our society right now, in our country right now. And I posted this scripture, uh, James chapter 3, verse 18. Yeah, verse 18. And at first glance, this isn't a very exciting verse. Okay? Uh, and those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. One of the reasons I think it's not a very exciting verse is because what you would like to get out of this is righteousness. And righteousness just isn't a, just isn't a very popular commodity these days. I mean, not a lot of people saying, we need righteousness, we need righteousness. I mean, once you get past a few preachers and things, I mean, who's, who's calling for righteousness? But you know, what is it we want in this world? What is it we want in our communities right now? What is it we want? You know, we want goodness. We want honesty. We want fairness. We want, uh, we want uh, selflessness. We want truth. Bingo. That's what righteousness is. All those things right there. Those are the things we want, and that's what righteousness is. And, and where, where does this come from? Where does this righteousness come from? According to this scripture, that God moved upon the brother of Jesus, James, to write to us and to leave with us so that you and I would have today, is here's how we get goodness and honesty and fairness and selflessness and truth. In other words, righteousness, how we get it into our communities and into our world. We don't get it by fighting for it. We don't get it by, by making sure everybody knows my stance and why I'm the one that is right. And, and we don't get it by that. We get it by sowing seeds of peace. I've got, a, I've got a way I want to say this to you, okay? So bring that last slide up for me, if you will, Kevin. Peace that produces goodness is the result of the focused effort by those determined to plant seeds of peace in the midst of conflict. That's a mouthful, so that's why I wanted it to be up there on the screen so we could read it together. Peace that produces goodness. It doesn't just happen. It's a product. It's a reaping. It's, it's a harvest. Peace that produces goodness is the result of the focused effort of those determined to plant seeds of peace in the midst of conflict. Even if they think I'm wrong, that... My calling as a child of God is not to be right or not to be made, not for everybody to think I'm right. Not for everybody to think my argument, my way, that I voted 
or that I vote in the future or anything else. That, that's, that's not my calling. My calling is in the midst of all the turmoil and conflict that is going on in our world right now is to sow peace. We are the peacemakers. We've been called to make peace. And because we have been given peace. I don't, I don't know about you. I, I, I get turmoil sometimes. You get, you get some turmoil in your spirit sometimes. And then I remember to just talk to him. And I remember to say his name. And you know what? The peace that the Word of God says passes all kinds of understanding. It just moves in and lets me know he still knows, he still sees, he still, he's already got a plan and he's already working his plan. And there's peace in me, even when there's turmoil out there. And this world needs this peace. Would you say amen? I'm going to ask the worship team if they'll move back this way. So as we, as we wrap up here, three things I want to mention to you for prayer, okay? I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask you this question first. Who is it that you need to walk the messy road of confrontation with? Who is it that you are ticked at, <laughs> you're mad at, and you can't get over it? So Jesus basically says, if you can't get over it, you've got to go talk to them. Who is that person? Who is it? You need to walk that road. You need to get over it right now or walk that road this week. Because that's what we're called to do. We're called to be peacemakers. And if there's, there's a place that's not, that we don't have peace, we need to do that. All right, here's a second question for you. Who is it that you just... You just absolutely need to forgive. Who is it that you need to forgive in your life? Somebody that's wronged you. Somebody that's hurt you. So we've all been offended. Who do you need to forgive? Or who do you need to apologize to? Who is it that you've offended? You know, Jesus reserves some of his harshest words for those who offend others. You offend even the least of these. Be better for a millstone be hung around your neck and thrown into the depths of the sea. That's his words, not mine. It's really tough when we offend. And we're Christians. Man, I think one of the greatest things I, I heard about my, uh, my brother-in-law at his funeral last week, last Saturday, was if he had offended you, you could expect a phone call in the middle of the night when he realizes I shouldn't have said it that way. He's going to wake you up and he's going to apologize for it. I got a mom that's like that too. I need to be like that. We need to be like that. Who have we offended that we need to go apologize to? And then I, I want to ask you this also. Because in just a moment, our, our prayer team is going to move to the, a couple of members on either side, going to move to the front, be ready to pray for you and your need. I, I think we're about to sing a song about, about a God that can make a way no matter what your problems are. So w what are your problems? What do you need? I want to encourage you to come join a prayer team member and let them pray with you before... We close this service out today and let God minister to your needs. Thanks for listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. If you have a need, we would love to pray with you. You can connect with our prayer team by emailing prayer at church2911.com or by texting 205-476-2911.
You can learn more about our church by visiting us online at church2911.com and by connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram at church2911. We hope this message has encouraged you and reminded you that God loves you and has an amazing dream for your life. As always, we dare you to dream.